0: Hello, English learners and music lovers. Welcome to Explained in English. My name is Kai, and today I'm explaining the second part of the song Bohemian Rhapsody by Queen. We left off the first portion of Bohemian Rhapsody just as we arrived to the opera part. And I'd like to speak a little bit more about that. Opera has its roots in Italian theater. This song makes particular reference to an old type of Italian theater from the 16th, 17th, and 18th centuries. In this theater, it was very common to have stock characters. These are characters that show up or that you can see in many different plays, in many different operas. They usually wear masks or dress in a certain way, so the audience knows what this character is about, or what are the qualities or the personality of this character. One of these stock characters is the Scaramouche. The Scaramouche is known as a kind of arrogant character. He tries to look like someone important or influential, but Everyone knows that he's truly a coward. He's kind of a faker, and in that sense, he's treated like a clown. The audience is usually very happy when he gets beaten off the stage by another character. Literally another character, called the Harlequin, would come on stage and beat this person. A very successful trilogy of operas centered around the character of Figaro who was a certain type of hero, but also one that had a very mysterious and bizarre background. I won't get into too much detail about these three plays, there's no time for that, but I will say that Figaro was often seen as a type of harlequin, or one that would come out and eventually kill the Scaramouche. And because this comes from the Italian tradition, we'll also see other references to Italian history and language, such as Galileo, as well as words like Magnifico and Mamma Mia instead of Mother. Of course, you can also hear the opera in the way that they sing this section of the song. All right, so let's get into the lyrics. It begins... I see a little silhouetto of a man. I see. So he's observing something. He says, I see a silhouette. A silhouette describes an image that is all blacked out. It's all dark. So you can't see details about what you're looking at. You can only see the outline, the dark outline of someone or something. A silhouette happens when you have a very bright light behind someone or something. So imagine you are on the beach and the sun is setting. You want to take a picture of your friend, but as you point the camera at your friend, the sun behind them is so strong, so bright, that your friend's face and body is all shadow. It's all blackened and dark. That's a silhouette. Here he sees a little silhouette. That means a small silhouette or one that's not big. A little silhouetto of a man. So we know this is a silhouette of a person. And I think it's silhouetto, silhouetto, because of the influence of the Italian language. The Italian language often has words ending in O. We'll hear another later on, magnifico. I see a little silhouetto of a man. Scaramouche, Scaramouche. So here's our character, the Scaramouche. The arrogant, boastful coward. This one here is so cowardly that you can't even see his face. Just the silhouette. Scaramouche, Scaramouche. Will you do the fandango? Here we have a question with will you. Asking a question about the future. Will you do... The fandango. the fandango is a type of dance, and it's mostly popular in Spain and Portugal. This dance is very, very similar to flamenco, if you've ever seen that. It's a type of folk dance, usually with two people, a man and a woman, and they're dancing together in the Fandango. The Fandango is often seen as a kind of courtship dance, where each partner is trying to impress the other one, and they're trying to basically get into a relationship. So it seems like he's asking this cowardly character, Will you do this dance? Is this something you're going to do? Scaramouche, Scaramouche, will you do the fandango? Thunderbolts and lightning, very, very frightening me. Thunderbolts and lightning. Two things that happen during storms. So thunderbolts are very loud noises that happen after lightning strikes. It's like almost like an explosion in the sky. And this very loud thunder happens after flashes of lightning. So lightning are bright bolts of light that really happen in a flash. You can see them in the sky during a storm when there's very bad weather. These brilliant and strong lightning bolts strike from the clouds down to the ground, and then later you hear the thunder. Boom! So the idea of thunder and lightning means that it's dramatic. There's things happening. It's a dangerous situation or a scary situation. And that's what he says. He says thunderbolts and lightning, very, very frightening me. So he's frightened. He's scared. He feels a little bit afraid or in danger of being harmed. And not just a little bit frightening, but very, very frightening. So he's intensifying it means he's extremely scared or frightened. And he wants to emphasize that it's him who's frightened. He says, me, very, very frightening me, as in who I am, my identity. I'm shaken and frightened by this storm. And now we have the Galileo Figaro Magnifico section. We hear the word Galileo called out five times. Galileo Galilei was an Italian astronomer and scientist, When I think of him, I usually think of the telescope. He was one of the first to use this device, which could magnify images. This telescope would be used to observe things in outer space, like other planets. Galileo was the first to observe a number of other planets, as well as their moons. However, because of some of these observations... Galileo reasoned that certain accepted truths in the society of that time were wrong. The most important and controversial of these was the belief that the earth was the center of the universe. This is known as geocentrism, and it was very common in that time to believe that the earth was the center, geocentrism. However, Galileo observed that this couldn't be possible, and he saw the sun as the center of our solar system. This is called heliocentrism. Many members of society, and particularly the religious people of that society, treated Galileo as a heretic, one who had false beliefs that went against the church. Galileo tried very hard to let others see what he could see, but he had a hard time doing that. It was very difficult for him to convince people to see things from another perspective. So after the five Galileos, we hear a Figaro, who I mentioned before, the kind of romantic hero that can save the day. So Galileo, Figaro, Magnifico. This is an Italian word meaning great, But we can also see words in English like magnificent or magnify. I think the word magnifico is just giving a lot of importance to Galileo and Figaro. It's praising them. It's saying that they are people or models to be looked up to, to be held in high regard. In the next lines, we hear some self-pity, he says. I'm just a poor boy, nobody loves me. It's like he's feeling sorry for himself. He says, nobody loves me. No one pays attention to me. No one cares for me or treats me with kindness. So after he says, I'm just a poor boy, nobody loves me, we hear a chorus of people singing, he's just a poor boy from a poor family. So not only is he poor, which could mean either he doesn't have much money, or he's kind of pitiful. But also his family is poor. He comes from a poor family. His family would be like his mother, father, brothers and sisters. Any close blood relations in your life are your family members. So this chorus or group of people is singing, He's just a poor boy from a poor family. Spare him his life from this monstrosity. Spare him. Spare him means save him. Don't let him suffer this bad fate. The verb spare is kind of like the verb give, as in give him his life. Or refrain. Refrain from killing him. Spare him his life. Another way to say spare him his life would be let him live. Allow him to keep his life. Spare him, this line says. Spare him from this monstrosity. A monstrosity is a terrible, awful thing. We can see the word monster in here, which is a frightening or scary creature. So a monstrosity would be an awful or a very bad thing, something that's considered wrong Or a deviation from what's normal. That would be a monstrosity. Spare him his life from this monstrosity. The song continues. Easy come, easy go. Will you let me go? We remember easy come, easy go from before. Means anything goes. It's all okay. No matter how it goes, it's fine. Easy come, easy go. Will you let me go? This is a question. He wants to leave. He wants to get out of this situation. He doesn't want to face the reality, so he's asking, Will you let me go? We don't know who he's asking. Maybe he's asking God. Maybe he's asking the universe. Maybe he's asking his mother. But he's asking, Will you let me go? Can I get out of this? And the answer is, Bismillah, no. Bismillah is an Arabic word. It's also the first word of the Quran, which is a holy book for Muslims. Bismillah means something like in the name of Allah, and Allah is the word for God in Arabic. So bismillah no is like saying, by God, no, we will not let you go. Will not is the long way of saying won't. We won't let you go. We're not going to allow it. It's not going to happen. At this point, we hear the chorus again singing, Let him go. Bismillah. And a we will not let you go. Anytime you say let, it's like a command or a chant or a pleading. They're saying, let him go. Let him be free. Let him get out of this situation. In this part, we hear a back and forth. There's a let him go and a we will not let you go. And then you also hear, let me go. So back to the first person saying personally, let me go. Each time it gets stronger and then they say, never let me go. Again, he screams, let me go. And then we hear, no, 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 no. So it's like a nightmarish situation, such confusion, so many competing demands. And then we hear, oh, mamma mia, mamma mia, mamma mia, let me go. Mamma Mia means my mother in Italian. So we're back to the mother again. He's asking his mother to let him go. And then this operatic section ends with the line, Beelzebub has a devil put aside for me. Beelzebub is a reference to the devil, or to Satan, Lucifer, or some other kind of dark, evil power. Like the leader of evil spirits, that's Beelzebub. So Beelzebub has a devil put aside for me. So Beelzebub has a devil, a particular evil spirit, some kind of creature which does harm and wants to hurt people or control people's lives in a negative way. And if a devil is put aside for you, then it's reserved for you. It's kept especially for you. So Beelzebub has this devil, and its sole purpose is for torturing and messing with this guy's life. It's put aside for him. The word aside literally means next to something else, or away from other people. For example, think of a store. If an object is put aside... For you, that means other people can't buy it. It's not for sale. It's reserved for you or put aside for you. And now we enter into the most energetic and rock portion of the song. It begins. So, you think you can stone me and spit in my eye? Stoning someone is an old punishment for people's crimes, especially... Crimes that went against religious law. Literally, people would take stones or small rocks and then they would throw them at the person who committed the crime. So it's a very physical punishment. But nowadays, stoning someone would be like treating them poorly or not accepting or including them. If you stone someone, then you think that they're wrong. That they've done something very bad and they're not worthy of your respect. Another way to show your disrespect or disapproval of someone would be to spit in their eye. Literally, this is expelling saliva from your mouth. So inside your mouth, you have this wet, liquidy substance called spit. And you can spit at someone. (laughs) And if you spit in someone's eye, then it would be a great sign of disrespect. Of course, these are very old-fashioned forms of punishment, but the singer and the writer of the song, Freddie Mercury, came from a very traditional religious upbringing. So it's not surprising that he makes reference to these old punishments, which are more figurative now. This line is a question. He says, so you think you can stone me and spit in my eye? So you think you can is like a challenge. He's asking people, you think you can get away with doing this? You believe this is all right? Do you think it's okay to do this and that I'm just going to take it? That I'm just going to stand here and accept it? He's really calling out all of the people who think that he's wrong and that they are right. So you think you can stone me and spit in my eye? So you think you can love me and leave me to die? I feel like he's referencing his past here. He's saying in the past, people loved him. They cared about him. They gave him attention and accepted him. He says, but you loved me, and now you're leaving me to die? You think you can do that? If you leave someone to die, then you're abandoning them. It's like the opposite of loving someone Because you're not taking care of them. You're just letting them go to their death. You're letting them die. So he seems almost in disbelief, like there's some anger here. He responds, Oh, baby, can't do this to me, baby. The word baby in songs usually is talking about your lover, or it's a nice way to refer to the one that you love, like darling or dear or sweetheart that's like my baby, but it could be a reference to anyone you care about, anyone you feel some kind of affection for. He says, oh baby, can't do this to me baby, can't do this to me. If you tell someone that they can't do something, then you're telling them they're not allowed to do it, or that you're not okay with them doing it. So he's talking about this rejection, this stoning and spitting in his eye, this loving him and leaving him to die. He's saying, it's not all right. I reject it. You can't do this to me, baby. And he ends this section by saying, just got to get out. Just got to get right out of here. So it's like he can't take the pain of this situation anymore. He says, I've got to get out. Means I have to go. I have to leave. I have to go somewhere else and leave this place. I've got to get out of here. And if you say I've got to get right out of here, it means immediately or quickly. It's short for right away, as in right now. I've got to get right out of here. And now the very loud energetic part settles down and we reach the final part of the song. It begins. Nothing really matters. Anyone can see. So any person, it doesn't matter who, anyone should be able to witness or observe this. Anyone can see. Nothing really matters to me. So we're returning to lines that we heard earlier in the song. The anger has settled down, and now we're coming to acceptance. We're coming back to this trust in fate. The song ends with the line, Any way the wind blows. To me, this song is like a cyclical journey. It's like he starts in one place, and then he goes all the way on this trip, this voyage, and then he ends up in the same place that he started, but with different convictions, a different way of seeing his situation. It could relate to anyone who's going through a situation where they feel like they're not accepted by the rest of society, and all of the problems that come along with that. The title of the song is Bohemian Rhapsody. So a rhapsody is a type of song that has an irregular form with lots of improvisation, a sort of free structure, and it's often very emotional in character. So this is a bohemian rhapsody. Bohemian is a word which describes a person who's sort of unconventional, who lives a lifestyle that's a bit abnormal, almost in an artistic way. You can think of bohemian as someone who's a free spirit or a kind of wanderer. So in some ways, to me, the title says a lot. It's a very improvised and emotional song, which is about someone who lives an unconventional lifestyle. Relating this more specifically to Freddie Mercury, the writer, we know now that he came out as a bisexual, meaning that he was attracted to both the male and the female sexes. In 1975, when this song was released, he had not come out as a bisexual, and doing so was highly criticized by society. I interpret this song as representing the internal struggle that Freddie Mercury had in coming out, in telling the world that he was a bisexual. I think it was probably very difficult for him It didn't seem like reality. It seemed like fantasy. This situation was like being caught in a landslide, but he realized that there is no escape from this reality. On the outside, he wants to show people that he doesn't need any pity. He doesn't need anyone to feel sorry for him. He's fine. He's easy come, easy go. Little high, little low. And any way the wind blows, he's fine. It doesn't matter to him. That's the outside. On the inside, there's this whole struggle going on. Struggles of identity. Who am I? Am I really okay with living life however the wind blows? Is there anything in my life that really does matter to me? And in terms of coming out and telling people that he's bisexual, I think there was a true desire that he could just be free from this, that he didn't have to come out. I think he knew he would be criticized, and I think he probably had a lot of family issues with this as well, which is why we see so many references to his mother. When he says, Mama, I've killed a man, he doesn't mean that he literally has killed someone, but he's killed the part of him, the old identity, that was straight, that was heterosexual. He knows this is going to hurt his mother. He knows it's going to hurt probably close family and friends. But he doesn't want his decision to affect them. He says, just carry on, carry on. Nevertheless, he was terrified of taking that step in life. It sent shivers down his spine, and his body was aching all the time. But in the end, he does say goodbye, but not without a struggle. There's this old part of him that doesn't want to die, and in fact, he feels very Sad to the point where he says sometimes he wishes he was never even born at all. As he's building up the courage to make this decision to come out, we see the inner conflict taking place. We have the cowardly Scaramouche, the one who is blackened, darkened, and hiding, pretending to be someone else, often for the entertainment of others. There's that frightening storm going on. And then the reference to Galileo and Figaro. Galileo being the one who can see what other people cannot see, who was brave enough to go against what other people thought. And Figaro, the harlequin who can kill the Scaramouche and save the day. Despite him feeling bad, feeling pity for himself and being in this terrible situation, and despite his cries for being free from it, he realizes there is no escape that he can't be let go. For one reason or another, he's in this situation, and neither his family nor the devil himself will let him go. When he finally does come out, he's stoned and he's spit at. People disagree with his decision, and he's angry about that. He doesn't think it's right. It seems like the people who used to love him are now just leaving him to die. And in this anger, he just wants to run. He just wants to get right out of there. But later, this anger settles down, and he comes to the realization that nothing does matter. He remembers that there's still a part of him inside that is always going to be there. Straight or bisexual, he says, you know what, nothing really matters to me. Any way the wind blows, wherever I'm taken, however I end up, I accept it. Okay, that brings us to the end of this explanation. My interpretation, of course, is not the only one that's out there. There are probably many, many ways to view this song, but I find this one to be the most convincing given Freddie Mercury's life. It seems to fit just about right and then is mixed, I think, with just a little bit of fun operatic elements as well which don't necessarily have a particular meaning. Freddie Mercury was very much the showman if you watch some of the live videos of Queen playing concerts. So now is the time to go and listen to the real song, hopefully appreciating it in a much deeper way than you did before. Happy listening, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye. Pronunciation Practice In this section, repeat after me, visualizing the meaning of each line as you say it. Let's begin. I see a little silhouette of a man. Scaramouche, Scaramouche, will you do the Fandango? Thunderbolts and lightning, very, very frightening me. Galileo, Galileo, Galileo Figaro Magnifico. I'm just a poor boy, nobody loves me. He's just a poor boy from a poor family. Spare him his life from this monstrosity. Easy come, easy go, will you let me go? Bismillah, no, we will not let you go, let him go. Bismillah no, we will not let you go let me go We'll not let you go let me go Never, never, never let me go No, 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 no Oh mamma mia mamma Mia Oh, mamma mia, mamma mia, let me go. Beelzebub has a devil put aside. For me. For me. For me. So you think you can stone me and spit in my eye? So, you think you can love me and leave me to die? Oh, baby. Can't do this to me, baby. Just gotta get out. Just gotta get right out of here. Nothing really matters. Anyone can see. Nothing really matters to me. Any way the wind blows.